0: my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation You doing, Patriots? Wow, this is Pentecost. Happy Pentecost to each one of you. This is the, the, the promise of the Lord. Look at what they experienced on Pentecost way back 2,000 years ago, and what we are seeing on this Pentecost is the Great Awakening and also the harvest. It's a, it's the harvest festival, so we've been counting. If you're new, we've been counting the Omer, and we now have 50. That's Penta is 50, and so we have 50 uh, uh, grains. It's representing this harvest of the, the awakening, people waking up. And to realize what's been going on, and also the harvest of the grapes of wrath. I talk about all that in the book, uh, End Times in a Thousand Years of Peace, and all on my videos. If you're new, you might not even know what I'm talking about. If if you want to go check it out, all all on my website, freedomforce.live, L I V E, freedomforce.live. This is biblical, what we're experiencing. This is the great day we've been waiting for, end times. And a 1,000 years of peace for us. It's the end times for them. That's the thing they confused us on. That's the thing they lied to us about. And the, the minor prophets told us. The major clues from minor prophets, they told us. And this is biblical. All these Bible stories told us, too. So if you haven't, haven't seen them, they're just $2.99. So I've got them on there as, as cheap as I could. Anyway, so we're going to talk, though, today. I'm so glad we have the, the day of Pentecost, This day, the day of Jubilee. And this is the big part of the grapes of wrath, exposing these, uh, these criminals. And this is the head of it. The, the People in the FBI, many of them are, you know, they're not—they're not in on it, okay. But the ones at the top, this is who we're going to uh, be exposing today. Um, <laughs> i call the video um, uh, "Durham for Dummies" or something like that because you know, it's not, it's just nobody has time for this. Nobody has time to read 300 pages, right? And so I have, I'm reading it and I'm going slowly and I'm marking it up and I'm going to go through a zigzag lightning for you guys, because I know you don't have time for this. Okay. And so, and also, I just got to be honest, you know, even for me, and I'm fairly familiar with the, with the subject, my eyes start to glaze over after a while. So I know that's how you probably, many of you feel. These are the criminals. These are the famous criminals that were involved in this. And on the famous uh, video, uh, the plan to save the world, it says our founding fathers would have hung them for treason. Yeah, this is treason. Treason what they did. We're talk we're not talking this is a little patty cake. This is not some little nothing burger. This is a real burger. <laughs> this is a big big giant uh, burger. And so all these people you and you're going to become more and more familiar with these people because we all need to really know, you know, what's, what it is that they have done to us, which is treason. And of course, you know, spying on our president and Durham has been working on this investigation for four years. And so he's come out with this 300 page article, the uh, document, and I will make sure that you have the PDF to that, uh, in the link below, but bottom line, um, you know, we're going to go through it, but he is exposing them for their crimes against us. I did uh, part one. This is part two. And so let's go. So here is the, a summary of basically what this whole uh, debacle is about, the Trump dossier from the opposition research to federal evidence. Okay, start right here at the bottom. Perkins Coie is a law firm representing the Clinton campaign and the DNC, and they hire this company called Fusion GPS. Let me see if I even have a picture of that. No, I didn't end up doing that. But anyway, um, they so, so Hillary Clinton hired Fusion GPS, sorry, Fusion GPS to get opposition research on President Trump because they wanted to, um, uh, you know, find some kind of dirt on him. Well, the thing is that after all these years, they still can't find any dirt on our wonderful president. What does that tell you? Anyway, so if they, if they hired Fusion GPS to to get some dirt, well, Fusion GPS hires, uh, ex-British spy Christopher Steele to compile this Trump dossier. You call it a dossier, it's still a bunch of baloney. But, you know, I don't care what you call it. That was in June 2016. The election, of course, was in, in November 2016. And they're starting to panic because they realize that Trump, is, his numbers are going up, 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 up. Steele compiles the dossier based on info allegedly obtained in part from Russian operatives. Okay, so we're going to go into some of these operatives today. Denchenko, We're going to talk about him a little bit because you have, want to make sure that you know who that guy is. The FBI opens an investigation into alleged collusion between the Trump and Trump campaign and Russia in July 2016. So, it, but they 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 didn't have any probable cause. They just opened it because they wanted to, basically, and they were headed in for Trump. The Steele uh, Steel Texas takes his dossier later described by the then. Uh, FBI director James Comey as salacious he described it as salacious and unverified to the FBI <laughs> um, that oh I'm sorry that Comey the Comey described it that way uh, later and against the FBI's wishes Steele shared the dossier with members of the media we're going to show that in the in the in the Durham report, And then the FBI and the Department of Justice used the dossier to obtain a warrant to surveil Trump associate Carter Page. He was he was just a you know, he really wasn't even that directly connected with President Trump. He was one of the one of the ones in the team trying to, uh, you know, to, to support the President Trump's campaign uh, with with specifically like on um, on oil transactions, global oil transactions. That was really his expertise. But they wanted to get to Trump, so they had to get to Carter Page so they could get to Trump. Anyway, so that's how that, how this whole FBI debacle works. And then special counsel Robert Mueller takes over to continue this witch hunt. All right, so let's start where we left off the other time. And I know my pages are just scribbles, but I hope this is being helpful. All right, so this is on page, starting on page 88, that the, basically this is proving that the agents felt like they were being used. They had no idea that this, um, that this thing was, was unverified and that this memo was from the plan. Remember we talked about last, time that Hillary Clinton had a plan and she, this was, this was proposed by Brennan, uh, put, put forward to Obama and, and all of his administration saying we have this plan from Hillary of how we're going to frame Trump and vilify Trump for something to take attention off of the, uh, of her emails, right? So this Clinton intelligence, it just, they were surprised and dismayed You see this right here? Surprised and dismayed to find out that the whole thing was a plan from Hillary Clinton, clearly political motivated witch hunt. Um, They were visibly upset and emotional. They'd, They'd never been apprised that the Clinton Plan of Intelligence had never seen the aforementioned referral memo. They'd never seen the memo and they just, they were just told to to dig into this and research this because that was their job and they were being used. And so this is a very important point for people to realize is that the standard FBI agents are not in on it. Our issue is against these at the top. Let me go back to my picture of the one, not him, not him, but them. I'm going to put that at the end so I can easily grab that. So this is the, uh, this is the, these are the leaders of this whole debacle who deserve shame and disgrace. Um, anyway, so then, so uh, first of all, I wanted to make sure that you knew that. And then, um, I'm going to try to go zigzag lightning. All right. So the next thing was on, uh, this, they were, they they were, why were they doing this? They said, well, President Trump had, had, spoken favorably about Russia and unfavorably about NATO so they realized that he was in on it he, he was he was he knew what they were doing and he was he knew their their evil schemes and what they had been doing through NATO and uh, how Russia was trying to stop them and and they d- they, that's why they're like we've got to stop President Trump because if President Trump gets in and he works with with Putin, it's game over. And that's really that's really what we're experiencing, what we're seeing, the, the end of this global control that they've basically used these people in this picture right here. They've used these people to be part of their you know effort to take down the world basically um, and then they're saying oh there's no way there's no way Robbie Mook says oh the there's no way this is a concerted plan by Hillary no because the Russians uh, they, they carried out this hack on the DNC servers. No, they didn't. They all were lying. Oh, and so Hillary Clinton saying, oh, it's really sad. I get it. You go, you have, uh, you have to go down every rabbit hole. And she said that it looked like Russian disinformation to me. They're very good at it, you know. And no, you're very good at getting your people to lie for you. <laughs> to honest she's very good at getting, getting these people. She must have a lot of dirt on a lot of people. And that's how they control them, right? All right, so then Podesta was saying it's ridiculous. He denied the campaign was involved in any plan. There's no way. Hey, there's no way we're involved in any plan. This is because it's all because Trump is a Russian agent and he does, you know, whatever. This is on page 90. You remember Podesta. Uh, Talk about Podesta. He's so disgusting. So the project involving ties between Trump and Russia being conducted by Perkins Coey, but she didn't think Clinton was even aware of it. (laughs) So dumb. Yes. Okay. Fine. You can say that. But Clinton. Yeah. She didn't know. I put it over here. LOL. Sure. She didn't know. And so the notion that the Clinton campaign was engaged in any effort or plan in late 2016, oh, oh no, there's no way that this, right, sure, sure, sure you are. And so now it's come out, now it's come out, th- despite whatever they were saying. And so now the FBI is looking into this, and so they're saying, is there a, this is some of their private text messages. Is there a formal FBI or other, other investigation into the hack? Okay. Because, and then they found out there's, there was no hack. There was no hack. <laughs> the only hacks are uh, Hillary Clinton and her cronies. Anyway, that's on page 91 that they're having all these text messages back and forth. The text messages prove that as they talk between each other, that there's nothing to it. There's nothing that everything that is in the plan doesn't hold up to scrutiny. So again, these are just the regular people who are trying to dig in and you're going to see that they're, they're going to tell the leadership at the top, there's nothing to it. And then you're going to see what, what they do from there. Anyway, so then they said um, they wanted to push it to the to the MSM. All right, so let me make this a little bit bigger. Uh, The evidence gathered by the office revealed a concerted effort on the part of Fusion GPS in late 2016, July 2016, the same time frame as the Clinton Plan Intelligence was purportedly approved to communicate with the press regarding the Page allegations in the Steele reporting. So they're pushing this to the mainstream media. That's going to present a problem because when you're trying to get approval for the uh, the FISA to, to spy on Carter Page, then you you can't have it look like it's some political witch hunt. You can't have it look like it's a political, um, they're politically motivated to do this and that Clinton's involved and, you know, that that you can't have it, it, it just can't look like that. And so when, when you're putting this out to the mainstream media, it certainly looks like it's just a, uh, trying to get, uh, you know, just all political motivation. All right. So then, so, Fusion GPS pushed it to Quartz and to Slade, and to Reuters and all these that they're pushing it to. And then the mainstream media pushed back. This is on page, I think, 91. Anyway, so uh, they said later the same day, Berkowitz sent Hamburger a, com- a copy of the Carter Page uh, clear information. And they said, uh oh, we're getting kicked back. We're getting kicked back to this idea. They're not like the mainstream media is not buying it, which is to their credit, right? So we're going to see what happens next. So this is you know, the first ones that they kind of were pushing this information to were not buying it. And it says the uh, post appears to have been able to debunk uh, to its satisfaction, the page meetings. They're, they're debunking this thing. Okay. And so then, so this is that Fusion GPS was also the same company that Sussman used on this Alpha Bank. Remember Sussman, that, that, that trial was about six months ago and he ended up, This, this whole thing blew up in his face. And the point was they're using this, all this GPS, fusion GPS opposition research to try to, to put something on Trump and nothing sticks ever. Okay. That's the main thing to get. All right. So then Buzzfeed finally, January, 2017, finally they share, they start reporting on this Russia, Russia, Russia. It was Buzzfeed. Did you notice, uh, was it last week that Buzzfeed just went bankrupt? (laughs) congratulations BuzzFeed they deserve it no one deserves it more because they were the first ones to come out with this lie and they didn't take the time to debunk it and they pushed it out to the people and 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 spreading false information and then after that then you have the New York Times and all of this start coming out well they can't they said well uh you know BuzzFeed reported it so it must be true and so they start promulgating this whole uh, baloney. There was a, on the same day, the articles were published. Clinton posted a tweet through Clinton's Twitter account that stated computer scientists have apparently uncovered a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russian backed bank. Okay. So then they start saying, see, uh, Buzzfeed said this, New York times said this, it must be true. So, so then she's free to tweet this out. See? And, and it just kind of gets the snowball rolling. Okay. That's what they're doing. So, they would say, oh, We have a secret hotline that may uh, be the key to unlocking the mystery of Trump's ties to Russia, right? And the whole thing was made up, and how they use all of their cronies to make this happen. So, then the, um, the Alpha Bank allegations were part of a Clinton campaign plan to tie Trump to Russia. So, both of these things from Fusion GPS, the, the, the Steel dossier, and the Alpha Bank. All part of the plan. All right, so then the, uh, it was all clearly being manipulated by Hillary Clinton. So the FBI was, and he's saying this in the Durham report, uh, that that um, a more deliberative examination would have increased the likelihood of, an al- of alternative analysis hypotheses and reduced the risk of reputational damage, both to the targets of the investigation as well as ultimately to the FBI. In other words, if they had taken a little more time, and be more you know careful before they started doing this, then their reputation wouldn't be damaged. Well, too late. their reputation is trash. We realize what they've done and and they did this on purpose. they and they this devil may care. they didn't even care that that um, what would happen to the FBI or President Trump or anything. The FBI thus failed to act on what should have been when combined with other incontrovertible facts, a clear warning sign that the FBI might then be the target of an effort to manipulate or influence the law enforcement process. They were being manipulated by HRC in her campaign, and they were either, you know, they willingly did it. They willingly did it because they they are on Hillary Clinton's side. And they're using this, this, you know, know, the politicians are using this government arm to... To destroy their political enemies, clearly, clearly, that's exactly what. And he's saying this in the report, and then he talks about well, whether these failures by the U.S. officials amounted to criminal acts, however, is a different question. So, as we know, he didn't come out with any uh, indictments against these people. He's just putting it out there in plain language. And if you remember, uh, I think June. 30th is when uh, Durham is going to go before the, the Congress to talk about this. And so that's why, in the meantime, we're going to get ourselves full, thoroughly steeped in this information so that we understand what is going on with this Durham investigation. So it's going to, he took four years to come up with this. It's going to take us a little while to really all soak all this in. And what did he call out? He said they failed to prevent themselves from being used by a political uh, party to destroy another their political opponent. Okay. And they, they shouldn't have done it. And, you know, he says, whether this is a criminal act is another question. Well, we will get to the bottom of that question and we will hold these people accountable. And that's really what it goes back to on the cute little picture that I have here, that they, our founding fathers would have hung them for treason. This is treasonous. This is treason. No doubt about it. All right. So let me go back to where I was a bus feed and then the criminal acts. So they knew Uh, let me read this. Whether these failures by U.S. officials amounted to criminal acts, however, is a different question. In order for the above described facts to give rise to criminal liability under federal civil rights statutes, the office would need to, for example, identify one or more persons who knew the Clinton campaign intended to falsely accuse its opponent. Okay. So that, that's going to be a matter for discovery and for, um, uh, going before a court of law in a criminal investigation. Okay. So, you know, against each one of these people. And he, I don't know that, I mean, I guess he's saying he didn't, he didn't go into that, into that go into that. <laughs> okay. So he said also in order to prove a criminal violation of the false statements and or obstruction statutes by a government official, the office would need to prove the office of, of the Durham investigation would need to prove that the official willfully and intentionally failed to inform the FISA, the FISA court. Okay. Well, and I think he did, he did prove that. He did prove that, that they intentionally, they knew better, and they still did false FISA's. I'm going to talk about what this FISA, remember that's where you go before the FISA court so you can get the approval to spy on someone for probable cause, and they knew they didn't have probable cause. They were using this unvetted steel dossier. They were you know, The whole thing was, was, uh, was smoke and mirrors, and they knew it, and they knew it, and they knew that Danchenko, which I'm going to get into, that he is, uh, you know, uh, he was a known liar, Okay, so they, they intentionally, in my opinion, <laughs> they willfully failed. Okay, so again, treason. All right, and so then it says that the criminal violation, okay, let me back, to, back up to this other page. Let's see. It says, similarly, similarly, to prove a criminal violation of the perjury statutes, the office would need to prove many, among other things, that the official made a false statement to the court with knowledge of its falsity rather than as a result of confusion, mistake, or faulty memory. Okay. So that's, you got, it's hard to prove, but did they knowingly lie? Did they knowingly uh, put false statements out there knowingly? And that's really what it boils down to with Klein Smith. We're going to get into that. This is Klein Smith right here. No. That's Kleinsmith right there. And he was found guilty. He had admitted that he was guilty of knowingly providing false statements to the FISA court. And he was held in an in, in account. Well, guess what? Guess what? He is, he's been able to get away scot-free. Now he's working as a lawyer, maybe not for the FBI, but he's working as, he's got another cushy, cushy position. And that's what they always do is they protect their own, their cronies. All right, so then um, it says in sum, this is the very end of this whole section C where he's going into, you know, the, 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 you know what, they, what they did here on uh, um, bringing up this, let me see if I, I don't have it right here in front of me, but just this whole section. It says in sum, the government's handling of the Clinton plan intelligence may have amounted to a significant intelligence failure. He says may have. (laughs) I would say it does, but he says it may have. And a troubling instance in which confirmation bias and a tunnel vision pursuit of investigative ends may have caused government personnel to fail to appreciate the extent to which uncorroborated reporting funded by an opposing political campaign was intended to influence rather than inform the FBI. It did not, all things considered, however, amount to a provable criminal offense. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Okay. It will, we'll, we will, we will be the judge of that, (laughs) that we will be the, (coughs) the judge of that because our Congress is going to hold, this is where our role comes in. Bring all this truth out into the light. And then we are the ones who say, no, this is a criminal offense. This is something we, we need these people brought up on charges for what they've done. You have enough evidence. Okay. So again, provable, provable, you've got to have it provable in a in a court where you've got, you know, dirty people. But if we can get some justice going on here, we can prove it and we can hold these people to an account. All right. So this is what he wrapped it up, this whole thing about the Clinton plan. All right. Then... Then, remember I was showing you this picture of Carter Page. This is the picture of Carter Page. This is Carter Page, just a regular guy. He's trying to support the the, the Trump campaign with his understanding of the, um, the oil industry, and answer their questions, and all of a sudden, can you imagine, he's brought into this whole debacle where they're spying on him and turning his his whole life upside down, which is exactly what the FBI does, That and they care not for any person or how it may affect their lives. All right, so then, so here, um, it says, okay, so this is, this is where it starts on Section D, the Carter Page FISA Applications. In um, On April 1, 2016, Perkins Coie, a law firm acting as counsel to the Clinton campaign, Hillary for America, retained Fusion GPS. We've already talked about that. This Washington, D.C.-based investigative firm to conduct opposition research on Trump and his associates. They hired Christopher Steele and Orbis Internet and uh, Business Intelligence to investigate Trump's ties to Russia. At that time, Steele, who again had stated that he was formerly an intelligence professional for the British government, said he was an, um, was an FBI CHS, a confidential human source. Beginning in July 2016 and continuing through December 2016, Fusion GPS and Steel prepared a series of reports containing derogatory information about purported ties between Trump and Russia. According to the reports, important connections between Trump and Russia ran through campaign manager Paul Manafort and foreign policy advisory Carter Page. That they ran this stuff through him. That he's part of this Russian... Uh, 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 intelligence operation. Okay. No, that's them. They're the ones who are taking money and bribes for, uh, a pay for play scheme. That's what the Biden administration is doing and then the Obama one. But anyway, so, so they were careless that they did not give the facts. Okay. Is that the page? Okay. So they, they, I think that's missing one of the pages, but, um, they produced because they said, oh, we've got, therefore we have to spy on, Uh, Carter Page, oh, here's the rest. We have to spy on him. We have to get more detail about him, and we don't want to let them know that we are researching them, so let's get a FISA warrant. They've done this on, what was it, 350,000 people in America that they are doing, and people don't even know it. That is against the Constitution. They can't do that. They have to show a warrant before they start spying on you. This is against the Constitution completely. The FISA court needs to be blasted into a thousand pieces and in a no more 702s, which is basically giving them carte blanche to spy on people. Don't remember, don't forget, 702. Steele provided the reports to the department, the FBI, the State Department, and members of Congress and multiple media outlets. He, re- he styled the reports company intelligence reports, and each report contained an identifying number, uh, like two O one six O nine five whatever. Collectively, these reports came to be known colloquially as the Steel dossier, and we refer to them in this report as the steel dossier. These reports played, let me see if I've got the, the right page. No, I don't have the right page. All right, so, so the point is they are, let me see if I can find that one here in my little stack of stuff. I actually found it. That so they were targeting, they were targeting um, page knowing okay and and basically saying does he have probable cause that page was knowingly engaged in clandestine intelligence did he knowingly was he know and that's really what the 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 proof has to be that he was he you know potentially being used by someone or did he know was he knowingly a part of this well he wasn't part of it Knowingly or unknowingly, he because it it found out they found out later that it wasn't even true. But they would have to prove against him personally that he knowingly was was involved in these clandestine intelligence activities. But the problem is they didn't really want to get him. They wanted to get Trump. They're trying to get Trump, not Carter Page. All right. So then, um, uh, at the very bottom, and I should have this page. I where I. Okay, maybe I, I guess I don't have it. All right, I'll just read it to you. This is on page 99. The um, They had major omissions in the FISA document that they sent in to get the FISA approval. Omissions of material fact. The FISA court has stated were the most prevalent and among the most serious problems with the page applications. Omissions of material fact. yes. He's, wor- he's talking to the Russians because he has bad business with the Russians, but they didn't put that in the FISA application. They just, they, they left that out. Okay. So, um, and also the OIG for its part found it in its review of the application's targeting page, at least 17 significant errors or omissions and so many and basic and fundamental, uh, fundamental errors. They, you know, this FISA application was, it was criminal, because they knew it and they did it on purpose okay and that's where it goes where it goes into this next page where it says the fbi was careless The OIG review also found that FBI personnel did not give appropriate attention to the facts that cut against probable cause. They knew that he, there was no probable cause for Carter Page. Can you imagine this happening to you? And the FBI is bringing all its, its money and manpower to bear against you saying that we've got to spy on this person. This person's involved in criminal activities and it's all made up and they know it. Okay. So then despite this, despite this, they were skeptical of the information used um, uh, in the page visa applications and but as time went on they believed that page was not acting as an agent of russia and was not a threat to national security nevertheless despite the surveillance lack of productivity uh fbi management directed the crossfire hurricane investigators to renew the page surveillance three times despite the fact they knew that there was nothing to it they knew, and it's talking about the leadership, the management, okay? This is what it keeps pointing to in the, in the uh, uh, Durham report, is it's the management. It is not uh, the people. Okay, hold on real quick. So, check this out. It says, indeed, prior to receipt of the steel reports, the FBI had drafted a FISA application on page that the FBI OGC determined it lacked sufficient probable cause, but within two days of their receipt of the, of the steel reports, they, they began, they, they, they got the FISA approved. Yeah. To buttress the probable cause. But, but the steel thing was baloney. It was, it was, it was all, it was unvetted, but they used that so they could get the FISA pushed through. Yet, even prior to the initial application on pages, uh, page case agent one Recognize that the FBI's reliance on the uncorroborated and unvetted steel reports could be problematic. Duh. When they just make something out of whole cloth, that's a big problem. So, this is, this is some of their, their internal text messages between each other. Hopefully, the sources, sub sources, are legit. So, the source we know is a liar, but maybe their sub sources don't lie right? Uh, this guy says, we, we may have to take calculated risk with the reporting if we're pressed for time. Calculated risk. There, is, that, is that the kind of justice system we want? This is what they've been doing. And they're being pushed by management to do it. So this uncorroborated nature of the allegations and the lack of insight into the reliability of Steele's sources. It's, it's all throughout this thing that this whole they knew it was smoke and mirrors. So then you've got this attorney, Kevin Kleinsmith. He's being pushed by Comey. Okay, let me show you Kevin Kleinsmith again. That's not it. This is not that's him. Here's Kevin Kleinsmith. He's that attorney who who was the one basically as the attorney, he was the one who had to sign off on this FISA. And it, and that's, that's the why, that's why he was the one who held, who was held to an account because the other ones were saying, well, we just gave it to the attorney because he's the one who's got to be responsible. Right. And that, that's not going to hold water when we get true, uh, true justice. But here, so then here's Comey right here. Remember in that famous song, you know, and uh, uh, what difference at this point does it make? Right. Comey was the one who was pushing Kevin Kleinsmith not him again. Sorry, Kevin Kleinsmith to uh, push this thing through there and to get this FISA done. So that's why they said he said basically this is the way it works. If you uh, if if something happens and you get in trouble, we will cover you. Don't worry, and you'll be you'll be uh, you'll be in a, even a better position. A better you'll get even a better job, a cushier job if you just play along and do as we say. Yeah, Kevin Kleinsmith. And, uh, yeah, it says here, I think it's in one of the words, it says wordsmith. I think that may be where he got his name because he's a wordsmith. He's real good at lying. In other words, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's his, uh, his specialty. Um, and they, they all actually are very, very good at it. So this leadership was pushing to get this going. Again, this is on page, if you want to read it, this is on page 102. So the recollection also in, is, also is inconsistent with the email traffic and other FBI records in which the inclination on the part of the department personnel to move cautiously and FBI executives to move quickly are made clear. So the, the regular, you know, regular people are saying, we need to go more slowly and make sure that we have all the T's crossed and the I's dotted. But the ones at the top were saying, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it because they know here it is July, 2016, the election's coming up in November and they've got to get this thing into the mainstream media. That's their. That you know. This is clearly a witch hunt, um, for on um, President Trump, not on Carter Page, obviously. For example, in tw- uh, October 2016, a, ma- a meeting took place involving Priestap, Struck, and um, and this OGC unit chief and the special assistant Lisa Page. Okay, so this is way back in 2016, and on this, it's proving they have lots of questions about the source's motivation, their reliability, as in. Steel, you know, why is he doing this? Why is Fusion GPS doing this? Is this something that's just, you uh, know, uh, political uh, fighting, you know, that the Hillary, basically Hillary Clinton. Okay, don't, we don't know who his source, subsource is or who their subsources are. So even Lisa Page is saying, we don't really have a lot of this detail, even in her notes. Okay, and you're going to find here in a little bit in the next couple of pages, they're saying, okay, no more memos. <laughs> don't write anything else down. Everything on this whole case has to be done orally. What does that tell you? It's, you know that it, the whole thing is uh, a big cover-up because they don't want to have any paper trail. Um, so then, here it says. Uh, let me see. I, I don't think I to worry about that one. All right. So then it says on page, I think one o three. Let me see if that's where we are. One o oh, yeah, probably one o three. It says. Uh, then okay, Baker was another attorney, and he was looking at some of these, and he would not sign off on some of these and uh, these these FISA documents. He he and he was pushing back. So you know that's what it says here. Just just talked to Lisa. Baker had a bunch of comments, but they were not directed to issue. Stu's now made a big deal about it. I think if the uh, investigative team is good with the facts and the DAG, the Department, uh, the uh, Deputy Attorney General, is good with the PC, then Andy McCabe should push regardless of Baker's comments. Now, interestingly, I don't think Baker's picture is on here. So I don't think his picture is on here. So it may be, it may be that Baker... I don't know. Well, time will tell. But it may be that Baker was the one saying, no, I, I can't uh, approve this. I won't sign off on it. Smith did. He was held to an account, kind of, and then he got a get-out-of-jail-free card. Okay? So that's how, that's how the game of Monopoly works, my, <laughs> my pretties, <laughs> right? Anyway, um, the, the New York field office case, Agent 1, The intel- a counterintelligence agent who led the New York field office investigation of Page, was never contacted they never contacted them. They don't wanna know. They don't wanna contact someone who's gonna give them any facts that, that dispute what they want to do. And so that Baker's, you know, they just they just ignored what Baker said. At no time during the course of the investigation did the New York Field Office case agent consider pursuing a FISA on page. They the New York Field Office would never have done that. They're like, this is this is baloney. There's no way. But they just never they never called over there to find out what their opinion was of this case against Page. All right. So then page 104, um, the primary task was to renew the FISA application. They didn't feel connected to the Page investigation and were excluded from the flow of information. So that they, again, these people are just being used. And this triumvirate of control is Strzok, Auten, and Maffa now. Those names are not uh, you know, struck we all know about struck President Trump has made struck and page very famous, but Auon and Muffa are not uh have not their names have not been that that uh common and, and widespread. And they're not on even this cute little picture here. So it's very, I want to, I want to show you a little bit about what we're finding out about them. Okay. So they are the triumvirate, uh, triumvirate of control. Basically the regular FBI agents are told what to do and, and they are not given any leeway to, you know, to, to go whatever direction the, the facts lead them. They are told based upon these three, what to do. Uh, struck, Aughton and Chief, uh, Section Chief Maffa. So they were the ones who were controlling this crossfire, uh, hurricane investigation. So this, uh, special agent one recalled that supervisory special agent three would often rhetorically ask him, his investigators, what are we even doing here? <laughs> they would just go like, what are we even doing here? He was, so uh, that really helps me, gives me a lot of, com- uh, comfort to know that the regular FBI agents were not, and and also seeing these guys go up before Congress, they were not in on this. They don't want to be in on this. They want this to be a a regular police agency that is, you know, run properly and not run by these rogue people who are, you know, trying to control this, um, everything (laughs) and control this election and all that. So, they said they knew that Page was not a winning agent of the Russian government. They knew that. All right. So then, but that's blaming, you know, the putting the blame squarely where it lies on this, uh, these leaders. They were they were largely ignored and directed to continue the FISA renewal process. Boone did not know why the seventh floor was so involved. And when you hear the word seventh floor, of course you you know that's talking about the leadership of the FBI and uh that so you're talking about struck, page, Auten, maffa, Comey, all C- C- cave, all these ones who were in control. And that's why you're like, well, why don't you arrest these, you know, these people? Well, they just put another person in those places who will do this bidding. Okay? So the pro- the issue that we have is how to destroy that stranglehold on the FBI. How do we just uh, on whatever, whatever agency, fill in the blank. How do you destroy that, that administrative state, that deep state that keeps the people, uh, the good people in that organization from being able to do their job? Okay. So they got pushed, pushback. back. Um, uh, let's see there at the middle, if you can see this one, it says, um, they had insufficient predication, and so this is pre Okay, here we go on pre I'm going to show you pre from the picture. This is pre right here. Okay, Bill prestep, you maybe heard about him. He, he is, let me go back to that. Look at this one right here. It says, Boone recalled occasions when during Crossfire Hurricane, pre would direct field offices to open cases on particular targets associated with the Trump campaign and the field offices would push back due to insufficient predication. During one meeting, Boone and her investigators presented a Russia strategy to Prestap And Boone, Boone could sense that Prestap was visibly upset by their strategy and walked out of the meeting. In other words, don't confuse me with the facts. I don't want to hear anything about that we're not going to move forward with the FISA. I don't want to hear anything about that, uh, what you think is really going on with Russia. He, They, they were getting too close to the truth, <laughs> likely. And so he walked out of the meeting and he said, I'm not, I'm not, you know, that's not the way we're going to go. And they just, he had nothing. It appears when someone walks out of a meeting, it's because they don't have the facts on their side many times. Right. And so he was like, we're going to do it my way or the highway. And that's, that's how they, they did it. So Supervisory uh, Special Agent 2 signed all three renewals of the Page FISA application. When interviewed by the office, Supervisory Special Agent 2 stated that after the initial FISA surveillance of Page, the investigators had low confidence he was a witting agent of the Russian government. Hello, duh. So that, uh, it says here they had um, uh, a person, a U.S. person is an agent of a foreign power if there is probable cause to believe that person is a knowing agent knowingly engaged in clandestine intelligence activities on behalf of the foreign power or knowingly helped another person to such activities. This is an affirmative determination. So I think this is where it goes into that they're going to they're hope that they get more information that proves it. And it's like a witch hunt. It's awful. When the FBI, what the FBI knew from its intelligence collections as early as 2017, what the four unnamed current and former U.S. intelligence officials claim that Trump's campaign personnel... Personnel being in touch with any Russian intelligence officers was untrue. This is on page 106. It was untrue. They knew it was not true. And they keep going. Look at this one here. However, official documentation reflects all three of these highly concerning claims of Trump's related context with Russian intelligence were untrue. Right there untrue. In, indeed, in a contemporaneous, a contemporaneous critique of the Times article prepared by Peter Strzok, who was steeped in the details of Crossfire Hurricane, all three of the above-referenced allegations were explicitly refuted. I mean, this it couldn't be any clearer. Dur- Durham is blasting them that they did this and they knew it was untrue. That's why when I was talking about before, we have uh, something provable that they that they knew that they did it wrong. This is proving it. They knew that it was untrue, and they I mean, his report proves that they knew it and that they did it anyway. That they that they they move forward with the uh, investigation on page when they knew it wasn't true. Um. Then, okay, then this this one's going actually going into something about Flynn. But, oh, at the bottom it says steal subsources. Okay, so that all this steel dossier. Okay, we're going to go into that here if I can ever get to it. The Steele dossier uh, sub sources could not, could have been compromised by the Russians at a point in time prior to the date. Uh, so they they're saying that these people who are on this dossier are compromised and likely either compromised or lying. So they and so they knew that in their own documents that they're saying this. Okay. Um, And so this is what, this is on page, oh, let me see if I can go back. Page 108. This is where he says, no more memos. Uh, acting section chief two told headquarters analyst three that they appreciated the team's work, but no more memos were to be written. The instructions, which headquarters analyst three described as highly, highly unusual, and it says here, he confirmed that the team was told not to write any more memoranda or analytical pieces and to provide their, find, their findings orally. The uh, OGC Attorney 1 advised the office that what Corsi said was not right in any circumstance. It was the most inappropriate operational or professional statement he had ever heard at the FBI. The attorney uh, stated that directive from Corsi was really, really shocking to him. And that he was appalled by it because everything, you know, they, they have to document everything step by step by step. And this, uh, yeah, that proves right there to them. And they were in shock about this. And that's why you've got so many whistleblowers. And so many of these whistleblowers who are coming out, they likely... I, I, I got to say this real quick. Matt Gates just said he's going to put before the house that if any whistleblower has their, their 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 they lose their job or lose any money that the government will will make sure that they get their back pay. All their and they get paid in full. That that that's a that's not fair. That's against the whistleblower act completely, right? So, just hoping for these poor people who are whistleblowers. But we you know they, this is, this is a big whistle right here. But for people to, who were in these positions to say, this is exactly what happened to me. We're trying to do our job. We're trying to exonerate uh, Paige, page and they keep pushing to, to, uh, to keep spying on him because they were, had this political witch hunt against President Trump. All right, so then let's get into the Steele dossier, if we can ever get there. This is a lot. This is why I'm reading it for you instead of you having to do it. So, you're welcome. <laughs> Christopher Steele was the FBI Confidential Human Source, CHS, Confidential Human Source. And he was uh, brought in by Orr. Okay, so then I'm going to show you the pictures of O'R. And there's a, a husband and wife team. Here is... Uh, Bruce Orr right here that's Bruce orr and then his wife Nellie Orr, and they were deeply involved with bringing in this uh, this guy, Christopher Steele, into the FBI and and uh, and getting him basically working for the Clinton Foundation, okay so this is where they are you know used by the Clinton Foundation to uh, Clinton a uh, uh, campaign to 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 get the FBI to do their dirty work, okay? So, uh, beginning on 2010, Christopher Steele started providing information to the FBI on a range of subjects, including but not limited to Russian oligarchs and corruption in international soccer competition. uh, Steele had been introduced to his eventual FBI uh, handler by former DOJ official, Bruce Orr. In 2013, the FBI formally opened Steele as an FBI uh, confidential human source, and Handler Agent 1 would serve as Steele's primary handler over the course of his service as an FBI source. Steele would eventually be closed as an FBI source in November 2016 for disclosing his status as a CHS while providing information to the media regarding his work with the FBI, uh, with the Fusion GPS. So, this guy, he ended up Shooting himself in the foot, foot Steele did when he exposed all this to the mainstream media. Um, but you know that, that that's that's what ended up happening in the future. Okay, so this is Orr has brought him into the fold. Uh, the using de- Department official Bruce Orr as a conduit Con- continued to receive information from Steele despite the closure as a CHS despite the fact that he's been fired. Okay. So they brought this in, the Steele dossier. I'm not going to go into it because it makes me so disgusted. But they, the first thing that Steele comes out with is that President Trump had been at the Carlton, the Ritz Carlton in Moscow and had done these golden showers. I'm not going into it. It's too disgusting. And that's what they come out with that. That's, and and, you know, the people, the ones who are reading it are like, really? They just don't believe it. (laughs) They just don't they just it just doesn't appear to be President Trump style at all it, but they that's what they come out with what is what is their thinking what is their thought process what kind of filth is going on in their minds if they think that that's gonna hold water right um, and his ultimate client was senior Democrats supporting Clinton the steel t- told Handler agent one that fusion GPS had been hired by a law firm and his ultimate client his ultimate client was Senior Democrats supporting Clinton, he was working for Clinton. Bells and whistles should have gone off at that point, and they didn't. They are, you know, uh, he notes this meeting reflect that HC, HC was aware of his Steele's reporting. HC, as in Hillary Clinton. What else could HC refer to? Here at the bottom, it says um, he stated that HC referred to Hillary Clinton. He could think of no other individual in that context to whom HC could possibly refer. Steele claimed that prior to his July 5, 2016 meeting with Handling Agent 1, he and Chris Burroughs his co-principal at Orbus Business had decided that the information collected by Steele had significant national security implications and should be provided to the FBI. Oh, this must be, we need to tell them about what President Trump did with this golden showers in Moscow because it's got to be a problem for international, you know, uh, security, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. These people are disgusting. All right, so then on page 111, the New York field office didn't believe it. They're like, this is crazy. This is crazy. Their initial reaction was disbelief. And they thought it was politically motivated. Again, this is on page 111. <laughs> They're like, nope, there's no way. This is a bunch of malarkey. This is, this is baloney. This is, this is uh, politically motivated, which uh, they knew that he worked for. This is the New York field office. The New York field office said no way. But the Washington field office was pushing it. OK, so I want you to understand there's differences in the different field offices, too. Um, so, and of course, the, the, the top leadership is in Washington. On July 19, 2016, Steele sent Handling Agent 1 an additional report, telling among other things, an alleged meeting that Trump campaign foreign policy advisor Carter Page had in 2016 with Igor Senchin, chairman of Russian energy conglomerate Rosneft, and another such meeting with Igor Divi- whatever Devichkin, whatever, uh, a senior official in the Russian presidential administration. The report alleges details of Page's conversations with Sechin re- regarding the lifting of U.S. sanctions and Page's conversations with Devichkin about uh, Russia being a pos- in possession of compromising information on both Trump and, and, uh, Trump and Clinton. All right. So this is, this is what they, they said it was on Carter Page. The reality is, you know, whether any of this holds water or not, Carter Page had a contact with some of these people. Okay. So it was, maybe some of it was part truths because maybe he did have these conversations with these people, but, he, did, he had conversations with them, but not like this, not saying these things, okay? So that's, that's where it gets not fair on the FISA is that they didn't tell the FISA court that Carter Page had business dealings in Russia before he worked with the Trump campaign, all right? So I want you to see that, but they, they just didn't believe it. The New York field office was not buying what they were selling, okay? So then there was a delay. This is a very interesting piece of it. This, all of a sudden, it falls off the radar. So all this they've got moving forward, and then all of a sudden they stop, and there's nothing that happens between July 5th, 2016 and September 19th, 2016. Inexplicable FBI bureaucratic delay. There's no, from what he says in these, in these several pages, uh, from 112 to like 114, whatever, everybody's like, oh, well, I thought this, and I thought someone else was doing it. Oh, I, I didn't get this email and oh, there's all kinds of excuses about why they didn't do anything. It's just sat there on this back burner and nothing's happening. Well, this is all the way up till September, 2016. The election's coming in November. Okay, so Hillary Clinton's probably have flipping her lid saying, what is going on? They've got to get something moving on this, right? So that's interesting what happens. So then on page 116, Glenn Simpson, uh, let me show you his picture. Make sure you know who this guy is. This is Glenn. Where are you? Oh, here it is. Here's Glenn Simpson. Glenn Simpson with the Fusion GPS, with that company. They, he immediately went, okay. There's all this delay. So Glenn, on page 116, uh, there's a note. Uh, also note is the fact that on August 22nd, 2016, Glenn Simpson of Fusion GPS asked the DOJ official, Bruce Orr, to call him. Bruce, hey my bud, over at FBI, give me a call. So he called during that call or required inquired if the FBI was going to do anything with the information in the steel reports. It's been sitting there. No one's touching it. No one's doing anything about it. And it needs to be out in the, you know, Hillary wants this out in the media. And so, and, and they want it to kind of stirred up, stir this up and get this pushing out to, you know, to the, to the people. And so Hillary had likely told Glenn, Glenn, call Bruce Orr over at the FBI, because she can't do it, right? And then then Orr, um, Orr contacted McCabe. Look at this. In multiple interviews with both the office and the OIG, Supervisory Special Agent 1 stated that he was instructed to call the New York Field Office Assistant uh, Division Counsel Deputy Director McCabe following an FBI headquarters, uh, briefing at FBI headquarters on August 25, 2016. Uh, let's see hang on, there's one here, it says, it was, let me see if I can find the one, it says, the delayed dissemination with the FBI of the sensational information contained in the SEAL reports was both perplexing and troubling, it was indeed the failure of recollection of the, of these people in the FBI, but anyway, basically, let me see if I can get back to it, it says that, basically, when Orr contacted, contacted McCabe, and then McCabe um, let me see if I can get back to my little papers here. I've got so many notes. McCabe, yeah, or contacted his handler. Let's see. Okay, sorry, you guys. So the agent called, and then the agent called the New York field office. Anyway, it's complicated, but the point is, they got the thing going again. <laughs> sorry, it's complicated to see who called who. But within two days, all of a sudden, they get they get the ball rolling. I don't know if everybody's on vacation. I don't know if everybody's asleep. I think that the, basically that from what I can tell, the FBI is a blank, it's a, a blank show. <laughs> it's a complete mess over there. Everything I've seen about it looks like they are not organized. They don't, you know, they, the whole thing looks like it's, it's just a witch hunt and it, but they, but they can't even do that well. <laughs> They're a mess. And so in the middle of all this, um, this delay, uh, the delayed dissemination within the FBI of the sensational information contained in the steel reports is both perplexing and troubling. Why would they slow this down? Because I thought they wanted to you know, wanted a witch hunt. Well, they, they took vacation, it looks like. Indeed, the failure of recollection by FBI personnel concerning the matter cons- certainly raises the questions of whether the FBI had misgivings from the start about the providence and reliability of the steel reports. Maybe some people are like, let's just put this to bed. Let's hide this. Let's not talk about this. Let's talk about something else because this thing is, is baloney, right? And so they maybe were putting it to, to bed. Nevertheless, within two days of the eventual receipt by the Crossfire Hurricane team, McCabe's call saying, get what, what's going on with this information from the four of the steel reports were used to support probable cause in the initial FISA application on Harder page. So once they started, like he, he started getting, jumping on their case, he, they, within two days, they said, let's pull something out of this steel report, put it on the FISA application, get it over to Klein Smith, to wordsmith it, and, and we'll get it approved. That's what, that's how, that's how it was kind of, isn't that weird? Isn't that strange? It seems strange to me. And, and even it says Durham felt that was strange, right? So then, um, it says here that the, um, they were, they realized that Steele had provided this information to the media in the interim. They'd been working it through the media. And so this was going to put the, the FISA, uh, application in jeopardy if the FISA court found out that this has been being promulgated to the media. And so you've got this whole, it sounds like a whole big witch hunt, okay? So they told Steele, look at, get a load of this. During the meeting, the interviewers informed Steele in sum that the FBI might be willing to pay Steele in excess of a million dollars. If he could provide corroborating evidence of the allegations contained in his reporting, the FBI had the admonished Steele about the need to have an exclusive reporting relationship with the FBI. In other words, don't go telling this to the media. That that dirties dirties the whole investigation. It has to be exclusive to us. And they offered him a million dollars. What does that tell you, Evan, after a million dollar offer? He could not corroborate any of this against President Trump. That is amazing. Our president is. <laughs> It's clean as a whistle. Okay, look at this. Um, in turn, okay, so catch this. The FBI had been aware of the fact that Steele had been providing his reports to the State Department, too. He'd been reporting it to the State Department through his acquaintance, uh, Jonathan Weiner. In turn, Weiner had been providing the reports to, among others, U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs, Victoria Newland. Remember Victoria? she? Her picture should be on here. Her picture should be on here. Oh my gosh, don't tell me you don't have Victoria Newland on here. She is, remember, she's the one who's handing out bread to the people in the streets. I mean, she is just disgusting. This woman is, yeah, she is awful. She's awful. And, uh, oh, yes, we'll help the poor. She doesn't, uh, yeah, she was involved. And so many things she's involved in, I can't even go into it right now. Um, all right, so I want you to get back to, yeah, we've got no more memos, disbelief, prodded by, or two days probable cause. I think I'm right here. Okay. So they offered him a million dollars. They said, um, you know, but then they find out not only is he he trying to sell this to the media and get this out in the media, he's also selling it to the state department. So this is all, I mean, everybody knows about this thing. (laughs) It is like front page news. And so this really hurts their ability to get a, a warrant to spy on fi, uh, on Carter Page. So when they that then they bring in Kevin Kleinsmith, that young that young guy. I've got this is so hard for me to do this guy right here, Kevin Kleinsmith, they they bring him in and they say, Okay, we need you your help, Mr. Kleinsmith, to wordsmith this in late twenty sixteen, September twenty sixteen, just like it was talking about no in September. Um they received a draft copy of the Carter Page application from Klein Smith. The draft copy included information contained in the steel reports that first had been provided to Crossfire Hurricane Team September 19, 2016. And so, uh, they, let's see, on October 2nd, the, the attorney emailed the draft, files the application to Auton. Auton is awful. Okay, Otten, awful. Okay, he just remember that he uh, and also Klein Smith and all these others got this copy of this 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 uh, FISA application. Embedded in this draft FISA application was a question regarding the FBI's assessment of the Yahoo news article and whether Steele had been the source of the article. So, so they're saying okay, in the FISA application, we have to explain why this is all being out in the news. Okay, so they. This is on page one twenty. It's if they say, "Oh no, Steele has an exclusive relationship with the FBI," but their their question was about why then is Steele talking to the press? Okay, and so Auten was saying, "Oh, there's nothing to it. There's nothing to it." And so then it says here in this is the little clip that was put onto the FISA application about. This whole, you know, why he's talking to the press. Basically, that this this new draft of the FISA application contained this footnote that he had provided earlier, and the footnote basically said, uh, attributing the leak to the Fusion GPS to Glenn Simpson, not to Steele. Now, Oh, it's Glenn Simpson's fault. He's the one who's the one who's sending this out into the press, not our guy. Our guy Steele would never, never do that. Okay, but they knew he had that they're blaming it on on Simpson so they can get the FISA application. Does this make sense? They need that FISA application so they can spy on Carter Page, they and that uh, ultimately to President Trump. And so they have to find some way to push this thing through, and they have to find some reason. Oh, this in the media because this other guy working at Fusion GPS has, has shopped this out to the mainstream media. All right, so um, it's actual language that the information of the article came directly from a well-placed Western intelligence source. They're saying, oh, then it must have been from Glenn Simpson, not from our guy, Steele, okay? And so all of a sudden, um, they figured they addressed all the open questions, and then this guy says he had no recollection of what was the conversation, uh, the, 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 putting this FISA application together. Everybody all of a sudden gets this terrible memory when they start asking them details about why they put all these things in the FISA application and what was what was the thought process and what were the conversations. I don't remember. <laughs> Every That tells you right there when they start saying, I don't remember. Something's very fishy. Okay, so here is this footnote per the FISA application, source one footnote provided. As discussed above, source one was hired by a business associate to conduct research in Candidate 1's ties to Russia, on Trump's ties to Russia. Source 1 provides the provide the results of his research to the business associate and the FBI assesses that the business associate likely provided this information to the law firm that hired the business associate in the first place. They told the FBI that he or she only provided this information to the business associate and the FBI. Okay, um, I'm sorry, the, candidate one was was Hillary, okay, that they hired Fusion GPS. Given that the information contained in the September 23rd news article generally matches the information about page that Source 1 discovered during their research, FBI assesses the Source 1's business associate that hired the business associate likely provided this information to the press. The FBI also assesses that whoever gave the information to the press stated the information was provided by a well-placed Western intelligence source. The FBI does not believe that source one directly provided this information to the press. Okay, that's what they told the FISA court, and they knew it was a lie. They knew it was a lie. Why are they lying? Because they knew if they didn't lie, they would not get the approval to spy on Carter Page and hence on President Trump. Okay, so they're willing to lie about it. In fact, and because they, they figured that President Trump had some dirt on him. They've spied on him, but they couldn't find any dirt on him in any of his communications. <laughs> they couldn't find anything that he was doing that was even at the scintilla of anything with whole water. The only thing they do is uh, this golden shower's baloney, right? Um, in fact, by this time, the FBI knew the statement. Source one told the FBI that he or she only provided this information to the business associate. It in itself was not accurate. They knew they were deceiving the FISA court about this because the FBI was aware Steele had provided the reports to the State Department. Okay, it may not seem like that big of a deal to it may, common you know us, right? But this is clearly a big deal because if, if, if they spent so much time on it, because they they would not be able to get the FISA approved. Okay, so they knew and they knew it. That's the point. The office did not receive a satisfactory answer as to why the. Is it Durham? Durham did not receive a satisfactory answer as to why the FBI initially believed that Steele, provided, that Steele provided the information directly to Yahoo News and then subsequently came to believe that Fusion GPS and or Clinton campaign's law firm provided information to Yahoo News. Which is it? Which is it, you guys? Was it Steele or was it, was it uh, Glenn Simpson? And why do you... Well, I don't remember... Because you're lying. (laughs) That's why. (sighs) And in fact, Steele later admitted to the OIG that in September and October 2016, he and others from Fusion GPS provided journalists, including Yahoo News, with allegations against Page. Why did the FBI's assessment change? Say it with me. To get the FISA approved on Carter Page. Okay, so again, if you want to see the smoking gun, it's on page 122. Who knew the smoking gun was on page 122? All right, so then there's, uh, they changed their story. The potential, uh, given Steele's interactions with Yahoo News, the, uh, the questions about his potential bias raised at by Evans and Odek were completely justified. They, he radically changed in order to provide the FISA application. Okay, so um, this is an interesting way that Durham <laughs> phrases this. The interesting words. OI, Attorney uh, 1, opined that in hindsight, he should have been less deferential to the FBI. This is right here. Less deferential to the FBI, given his concerns about the validity validity of the assessment. He should have been less trusting of the FBI. You know, oops, sorry, I should have, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. That's against the rules. Oh, sorry. Oops. (laughs) These people, they lie and then they say, oh, sorry, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean to do that. These people are such liars. So in in the next section, section seven, the steel reports are included in the page FISA application. Um, they reported, they relied on the steel reports to get probable cause, for three different FISA renewals to spy on him, but the FBI didn't believe there was sufficient probable cause. And look at this. Moreover, not a single substantive allegation pulled from the Steele reports and used in the initial page FISA application had been corroborated at the time of the FISA uh, submission. They hadn't proved anything. When they did the FISA application, the whole thing, they used the Steele dossier, but it was... They, they hadn't vetted any of it. They hadn't corroborated any of it. The FBI obtained a, a total of four FISA orders targeting Page, which authorized intrusive electronic surveillance and physical searches of certain items of his property. Believing that Page was knowingly engaged in clandestine intelligence activities, but they knew better. But they still, not only on all of his all of his devices, all of his phones, all of his, all of his text messages, everything was completely open to every, uh, them to know all this information on a witch hunt. But also, they went to his home. They bro- busted in his door. And so then they had this wordsmith, this Klein Smith guy, attorney one, informed the office that his subsequent primary responsibility was to wordsmith the application and to give information regarding sources. But it lacked sufficient probable cause to move forward. Of course, as we know. Then um, it says on page 125, um, a, Durham calls this a major omission. The failure to provide this information to the FISA court was a major omission in that the information clearly had the potential to affect the analysis of any bias in Steele's reporting. Um, And then this attorney says, I recalled that the FBI's primary focus was on Steele's past reliability as an FBI CHS. Oh, but Steele, I just relied on the fact that he's been such a great CHS force in the past. This must be the continuation. I just trusted he's always done such a great job. This must be all legit too. You can't go on that. You can't, whether he was or whether he wasn't. Okay. So he said he couldn't recall anything specific that was fully corroborated nothing was corroborated in the whole thing agent 1 told the office that the initial fisa application targeting page was done in the hopes that the return would self corroborate they did this so they would be able to, this is against the law <laughs> Against search and seizures, this is against our bill of rights. You cannot go and on a witch hunt in someone's house in their in their or their phone or their email and so you can go on a witch hunt to find somewhere where they've potentially done a crime. It's against the you have to have probable cause okay in our country, and so when they're saying that they were hoping that whatever they would find would self corroborate in other words self incriminate that his his own documents would prove that he was doing something wrong. And of course, now you see Page hadn't done anything. Clint, uh, uh, President Trump hasn't done anything, right? But all the ones who have done something, these people, they're the ones, and we're going to hold them to an account. And this, that's what this whole report is about. That's the whole reason I'm spending all this time, because we are going to hold them to an account. Then they start talking about their sub sources, which we, now we start getting into Danchenko, Igor Danchenko. Here is a Igor Danchenko, right? Here, <laughs> I, don't know why I go to every picture before I get to the right one. This is Igor. Meet Igor Danchenko. He is basically a Russian spy. i will show you why I believe that, okay? Um, and if I can figure that out, then I would think that the FBI could figure that out too. Um, so now let's go back to this page. The FBI's uh, Igor Danchenko. This is on page 126 the FBI identifies Steele's primary subsource. In late December 2016, the FBI determined that Igor Denchenko, the U.S.-based Russian national living in Washington, D.C., was Steele's primary subsource. Igor worked for the Brookings Institute. The Brookings Institute, where he focused primarily on Russian and Eurasian geopolitical and economic matters. Now, he speaks perfect Russian, so they hired him. Now, it looks like that, um... Look at what he does. He, Danchenko, was unable to provide, first of all, when he goes before the FBI, he's, they're saying, okay, where did you get this information that was used in the Steele Report? Where did you get this, Igor Danchenko? He said he was unable to provide the FBI with corroborating evidence for any of the substantive allegations contained in the Steele Reports. <laughs> I can't prove any of it. I can't prove any of it. This is basically what he was saying. He says, it's all rumor and speculation. Okay, let's keep getting at FISA applications. So we can find more dirt. They just double down, triple down, quadruple down. This, it was all, everything was rumor and specul- speculation. Can you imagine your life being turned upside down by these people? But Danchenko was in danger. He'd lost his job at the Brookings Institute. Listen to what they said about him right here at the bottom. He says he has low credibility. He's a person who who liked to embellish his purported contacts with the Kremlin. He liked to make a big show. Oh, I work I know people at the Kremlin and I've the da, da la la. He and he yeah, this is what he he said it was low credibility. That's a nice way of saying he's a liar. Everything comes out out of his mouth is a lie. But they wanted uh uh Steele was working with him and the FBI wanted him to continue to see if they could pull up some dirt on president Trump. So they're using this known liar to corroborate to, to, who couldn't corroborate this, this steel dossier, but to try it in hopes to get some kind of dirt on president Trump. All right. Um, and so he's, he's going to lose his visa. So now they've got something on him. They're like, okay, well, if you do this for us, we'll make sure that you get your visa. They assist with his immigration status. And, but they, but, but the Brookings Institute said they would not be continuing to fund his salary. He would have to figure out some other job because he wasn't going to be able to work for them. So look at this on page 129 in sworn testimony the Steele provided in litigation in the United Kingdom concerning among other things the steel reports and he steel stated that he was he paid his sources an average retainer between 3,000 and 5,000 per month. This is paid lying just to get people to, it, paid to, to come up on a political witch hunt. I mean, it's, it's your money, your tax dollars and mine that are being used to fund people lying against our president. Isn't that crazy? And so whether that money came, who actually, I don't know if this was from Hillary or how they got this money. All of it's are stolen money regardless. They are using all this money to get people to lie and to, and to tear down our, our republic. So now, in, in Section C, the prior counter espionage investigation of Danchenko and the FBI's failure to account for his possible motivations and allegiance. Danchenko had been asking people for classified information and that he would pay them money for it. They got, you know, I'm going to go into wh- who, wh- where this guy came from here. There's another page talking about that, but he's asking people for this. This is one of the main reasons I think that the Brookings Institute let him go because he's trying to get classified information from people and is willing to pay money for it. This guy, this guy's a piece of work, isn't he? This is your buddy Igor Denchenko. That's him right there. He is, that's what he's doing. This is on page 129. Um, in exchange for money, uh, the Danchenko informed Brookings Research One that he had access to people who'd be willing to pay money for classified information. So they're like, this guy's a spy. <laughs> so now uh the Brookings Institute finally is catching on to this guy. They said he's sketchy and suspicious. Duh. And that he's working for the Russians, implicit assumption being that Brookings unwittingly provided Denchenko access to information of high value to the Russians. The Brookings Institute that works as, uh, for our, our government had all this government information. And so he went, of course, where would a spy go to work? They're not going to go work for, you know, <laughs> the grocery store. They're going to go work for the Brookings Institute so they can get all this information to send back to Mother Russia okay, to the, to the oligarchs in Russia, okay, and when you have all this dirty information, you can use it to, uh, to um, uh, control people, to uh, blackmail people, right, that's how it works, everybody, that's how it works, so um, that's what the Brookings Institute finally, I think, caught on, and they let him go, they were not paying you anymore, and so he is uh, now working for Hillary, but he, the, the Brookings had been an unwitting provider, of this information to him. Based on information provided by the Brookings researcher, the FBI's Baltimore field office initiated a preliminary espionage investigation on Danchenko. They're like, okay, Brookings Institute, thank you for that information. We need to find out who is this guy. Okay? So these two other FBI espionage uh, subjects, he'd been identified as an associate of two other uh, FBI espionage subjects and had previous contact with the Russian embassy and known Russian intelligence officers. So what does that tell you? He's a spy. His buddies are spies. He's a spy. Birds of a feather flock together. I mean, it's proof, you know, it, it's, it, it, they're, they're investigating him. They finally realize and they start doing an investigation on him. But get a load of this. They continue, the people at the top continue to want to use him as a confidential human source. Despite the fact that they've proven that he's a, 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 a possibly a, a double agent. And look, it even says this right here on this page. It says on page 131, on one occasion, Danchenko acquired about a person's knowledge of a specific Russian military matter. That same person stated in some that Danchenko informed her that he served the Russian army and worked with rockets, but at the time worked on special matters. Is he just lying or is this true? But they've proven that he has relationships with other spies. Okay. Um, Danchenko also told this person that his Russian passport listed him as a GRU. The Russian military intelligence, basically. The GRU. That's what his passport says. He's a GRU because of his language skills. Another Brookings colleague recalled that in 2008, Danchenko informed him that he had been absent from work at Brookings because he'd been to South uh, Ossetia fighting the Georgians. And he vandalized the Georgian embassy in Belarus. (laughs) You know, he's just opening his mouth. And I bet a lot of that stuff that he's bragging about is true. His illegal things he was doing. In 2010, July 2010, the FBI initiated this FISA request on Danchenko. However, the investigation in Danchenko was closed in March 2011. Who do you think closed it? I'm thinking probably Strzok and Auten and Maffa and all these ones at the top. The FBI believed Danchenko and his wife had traveled a one-way ticket. They said, oh, he's leaving. He's leaving the country. It was a one-way ticket, but he didn't ever get on the plane. That's what it says here on page 131. He never got on the plane, so they are using that to. Oh, we're closing the closing the investigation. He's gone. Close the investigation. That's how they do it. That's how they do it. They they do a witch hunt against the righteous, President Trump and Page and Flynn and all these. But they but they cover up. And they close investigations on the evil ones. So then it, on page um, 132. They said uh, they indicated it would consider reopening the investigation into Danchenko, but they never did. Auten contacted the Washington Field Office about reopening it, or alternatively attempting to recruit him as a CHS. However, Auten cautioned the Washington Field Office not to get double played back, meaning the Russian intelligence services could be used using Danchenko as a double agent. So he's making he I don't know Auten is 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 confusing the thing he's oh no he's not a, he's not a spy he's one of our guys in other words baltimore special agent stated in some that the counterintelligence case on denchenko remained unresolved and in her opinion certainly a lot more investigation should have been con, uh, conducted on denchenko but they continue to use him as a source Ugh. he becomes this paid fbi chs despite the unresolved counterintelligence investigation on him and it's he was Steele's primary subsource. There you go. <laughs> Case closed. These people, these people are treason, treason. So uh, then Auten does an, uh, an, an interview with Denchenko. So he's, he's saying, we're going to get this all resolved about your past so that we can get you as a CHS, as a confidential human source. Um, he stated in both interviews with the office and as a trial witness in U.S. versus Danchenko, uh, the game plan for the January 2017 interviews was to have Danchenko identify his sources for the allegations contained in the Steele report and provide evidence to corroborate the allegations contained in the Steele reports. As Otten testified in this in this hearing during January 2017 tw- interviews, Danchenko was not able to provide any corroborative evidence related to any substantive allegation. He couldn't provide any proof of any of it in the Steele reports and critically was unable to corroborate any of the FBI's assertions in, in, against Carter Page either. Nevertheless, following the January 2017 interviews, Crossfire Hurricane leadership reached out to the World Washington Field Office to recruit <laughs> Danchenko <laughs> as an FBI CHS. Get a load of this new name. I've got a new name for you, everybody. His name is Kevin Hellson. I got to tell you these names, Hellson, this other guy's mafia, as in mafia, this other guy, I don't even want to tell you about what I think about struck, but that's another thing. So, <laughs> um, when you, Hellson, H-E-L-S-O-N, change it to L-L, and you realize he's a son of Hell. He is, uh, he is assigned, uh, assigned to a counterintelligence squad at the Washington Field's Office, was selected to serve as Danchenko's source handler. So now he's got a new hand, uh, uh, Danchenko's handler is Hellson. He was selected because he was a senior agent and knowledgeable of Russian matters. In early March, 2017, Hellson prepared the Danchenko source opening documentation. In preparing them, he incorrectly noted there was no derogatory information associated with Danchenko and that Danchenko had been a prior subject of an FBI investigation. He, he left all that out. Just leaving that. Oh, forgot to put that in there. It was clearly not true. <laughs> so so uh, Durham, the office, was, uh, failed. they said they failed to revise the paperwork because of the purported belief that the prior case was just hearsay. It was just hearsay. Well, then put it in the report. You know, you can't just, you know, that's, what, that's the way they do it. And get a load of this. Hell, son had gone on this program called the Sentinel. The Sentinel is like their, their, their database where they can search all this. On March 7th, 2017, they have proof that he did this. He went on to the server and he found out about this investigation on, on, uh, on Danchenko. That He searched and he, had, he found the investigation, but he, he couldn't remember doing it. He queried the counterespionage case on, on uh, Danchenko, but he had no recollection. The F- so the FBI opened Danchenko as a CHS without ever resolving the Baltimore espionage matter or examining the file. Because why? They want him to get Trump. They don't care anything about Danchenko, right? Helson and Auten are creeps, and they're saying, Auten advised him, Helson, that the case against Danchenko was interesting but not significant. There's nothing to it. There's no fact that he's he's uh, trying to pay money for, for, uh, mil- for uh, secret... Confidential data? No. Interesting.
1: Not significant.
0: <laughs> Remember this. Hell son and autin awful. Okay? Otten didn't inform Helson that he had previously assisted in the in the Baltimore investigation. Helson didn't reach out to the Baltimore agent when Jenchenko was being evaluated by the, this validation management unit. So they've got this, before you approve someone, you've got this whole unit that goes into, uh, to, to investigate, to see, are they someone that we want to use as a, a confidential human source? Okay. And so they can, they give their recommendation. The, P, the FBI agents don't have to take that recommendation but they are, that's what their job is, is the VMU, to, to vet someone. So that takes some of the pressure off of the FBI agents. They can do their job because they have another independent group that's, that's vetting these people. So um, it says here that the VMU is examining him. I mean, I know, let me back up. It says it was a lack of, Durham says it was a lack of curiosity. That's a great way of saying it, huh? A lack of curiosity in who Denchenko was and what his past was. They had a lack of curiosity. They made no further efforts to examine the unresolved espionage case until the VMU exposed those security issues surrounding Danchenko in May of 2019. So the VMU, the Validation Management Com- uh, Unit, comes in and they start to investigate Danchenko. And so they said the Border uh, Patrol, uh, uh, sorry, Customs and Border uh, Patrol, said officer discovered business cards for Russian diplomats residing in England. They found that on him. Customs agents found that he had business cards from Russian diplomats. And that they caught him in various falsehoods. They detailed these falsehoods, that he was lying. Everything that comes out of this guy's mouth is a lie. They strongly of the opinion that Denchenko was connected to Russian intelligence in some manner. Strongly think he is. In other words, do not hire this guy. Okay. So, um, they they have it says they they lack the institutional ability to do anything more than to make recommendations. They can tell the FBI agents this guy is a is you know they found these business cards and he's lying and and he's uh, connected to Russian intelligence, but they can't say you can't hire him. Okay. The FBI, they, they knew that they had not resolved the prior investigation, uh, counter investigation on him, count, I'm sorry, counter espionage case on him. Um, that, that Danchenko's direct pitch to Brookings researcher one was, was for classified information. They knew about that. They knew that Helson's documentation contained no derogatory information about him. And that it was clearly incorrect, like all of this, but they still said, we want him, we're going to keep him. We're going to keep him because the VMU could not force them to not keep him. Helson, um, the employment history had been noted inconsistencies and om- omission. His acts assessed motivation. Let me make this bigger. Um, Danchenko's background. His employment history had noted inconsistencies and in omissions. His assessed motivation for providing information to the FBI had changed. His immigration applications omitted certain derogatory information, cons- contained inconsistencies and falsehood. And despite his concerns about his personal safety, he traveled frequently to Russia. He provided a peer, uh, what appeared to be he- hearsay that he was unable, despite requests, to validate. The the VMU recommended several steps to mitigate these areas, such as administering a polygraph, but these did not occur. Instead, Helson and the WFO, the Washington field office, ignored nearly all of the VMU's recommendations and continued to operate Danchenko as a CHS until the Washington field office was ordered to close Danchenko in October 2020. (laughs) You have to get rid of this guy. He is bad news. He's, he's He's a spy. They had paid him $220,000 to the three, three and a half years that Denchenko was a CHS. And they were proposing to pay him another 300000 <laughs> They were The only reason they got rid of him was because they were forced to. And why? Because St- uh, Denchenko is Hillary's paid liar. That's, uh, in my opinion, that's what it was. That's on page 136. That's That is... Danchenko right there okay so now we're getting this is the last page but the next one I'm going to talk about Dolan and we're going to start to get into who is this Dolan Dolan is a crony of Hillary and he's knee-deep and over his head in this baloney too and that is a direct hit they tried to keep his name out of it but he's a direct connection to Hillary and that's why they didn't want his name involved. We're going to get to that on the next one. Anyway, so the FBI failed to deal with the prior unresolved counter espionage case on Danchenko. He says it's difficult to explain. <laughs> difficult to explain because you can't say that these people are criminals and guilty of treason. I can say it, though. It's not that difficult to explain. These people are lawless and criminals. That's what I say. Uh, particularly given their awareness that Danchenko was the linchpin to the uncorroborated allegations contained in the Steele reports. Why would they do this? Because they're in on it. Because they're in on it to destroy Trump. And that's really the bottom line in this Durham report. Is that it's proving that the FBI leadership was in on it to destroy Trump. Um, Danchenko's troubling history regarding a prior unresolved espionage matter and the CHS validation report that raised various red flags. All these things raised these red flags, but they, they just threw the red flags in the trash. Um, they made clear that they were not able to accurately describe the the value or contributions of Danchenko that would justify keeping him open. They couldn't tell because they are saying we, they couldn't say because we need a paid liar. Because we need someone who is able to help us to get FISA applications that are fraudulent. That's that's the reason. So at the very last part of this uh, this section, before it gets to D, which I can't go into today, it says that. Um, Ignoring the significance of Danchenko's prior status as a subject of counter, counter espionage investigation, they failed to resolve the conflict between his history and his primary subsource for steel reporting. They failed to show through the VMU's recommendation for continued operation of Danchenko as a CHS. Helson and the counterintelligence division missed another opportunity to make needed course corrections to crossfire hurricane and in the use of Danchenko as a CHS. Why? Because they they needed. Denchenko they needed to get this crossfire hurricane off the ground to try to destroy Trump and it hasn't hap- it hasn't worked yet it hasn't worked and it won't work so I'll, i hope that's helpful i hope that's helpful uh, thank you durham for exposing all this it's not a conspiracy theory this is something that we know is happening th- that and, and now he's proven it without a, a shadow of a doubt uh, 300 and something pages and so I hope that was helpful a little bit to, to kind of break it down, at least save you some time. And maybe you can listen to it as you're um, doing something else or driving down the road or because it's it's, it's it's not a lot of fun to read this report. I just got to be honest, but I'm going to keep going. We're going to get to the bottom of all of it because like I said, Durham has been doing this for four years. It's important. And we need to un- really be thoroughly steeped in this, understand it through and through. And um, the, the good news is, Everything they've, they've attempted to do to, to President Trump has not worked. Even, even with Biden going in, we see clearly that after all of this, that, that, that this is meant to, be, to have some vast changes and all put on the doorstep of Biden and to wake, and most importantly, to wake up the people. And the people are clearly realizing something is going on. This is not business as usual. In the past, they were able to cover up all this. Oh, we got a Democrat, a Republican. We got this and that. And and no one, you know, maybe they would be upset about this election, but now, with all this coming out about just a thousand different things, whether it's Target, the transgender, the all this stuff that's coming out, the election fraud, all of this they realize something else is something bigger is going on something bigger is afoot so they've not been able to stop the plan i really do believe this this plan is is working step by step by step as and i know so many things i wish were not able to happen but it whether it whatever's happening this is the great awakening this is being used by the lord to awaken humanity and to get people To separate from these cabal criminals, that's what we have to do. We have to be willing to say they have to be punished for what they've done knowingly, intentionally. We know the things that they are doing are intentional when they're forcing these businesses to do, you know, all of these things against us whether it's big pharma or target or the border or any of it, we know that this is intentional. All right. The last thing I want to say super, super quick is don't forget today is the, uh, is the Omer festival. All right. And this is, again, it's, um, it's this beautiful day of, um, of, uh, let me see if I can go back to it. Let me hang on real quick. I'll be right back. Today is the day before Memorial Day. We're going to have a special show tomorrow about Memorial Day. But I wanted to, before we end, I wanted to, just in case you can't watch that one tomorrow, with, if you're busy, um, just remember what our wonderful president said on Memorial Day. This Memorial Day, I know that everybody is remembering the fallen soldiers who have paid the ultimate price for our country. And it's a country that we all love. Last year, at Arlington Cemetery, I met a young boy named Christian Jacobs. He was special. He was standing fully in a uniform. His father was a great man to him, and he was a great man to me. And Christian was standing over his father's grave, saluting. It was something I'll never forget. Arlington is a special place, and our country is a special place as americans we come together to remember our great heroes on this memorial day thank you yes and thank you let's pray before we go because i just thank the lord for these amazing patriots who have fought so valiantly and gotten us to this spot i'm going to tell a, a really cool story about that I, I really think it's is a it gives us a picture of um of what Happened? What? Anyway, it was a little clue that we get from God's word, but I'll I'll tell you about that tomorrow. But I'm so thankful for these great patriots who've gone before, who've gotten us to this spot so that we could fight and and uh, and finally defeat this enemy. It's amazing. They really have. If it, if they had not fought for our freedom, we would not have the ability to do what we're doing this day. I'm very very thankful. So many other countries don't have the freedoms that we have and so we are able to push back and and ultimately we'll set the whole world free. This is the 50th day of Omer and this is the day of jubilee. This is the day of Pentecost. This is the day when we where we proclaim liberty throughout the land just like on our liberty bell. The Lord has given us a, an amazing destiny in our country. And so I'm um, I'm thankful that we are the America. We are the bundle of grain that is uh, that is w- uh, the wave offering to the Lord. We offer this this to you Lord, and we, we we bless Your name. We trust that You are going to uh, bring us to jubilee, and You're going to give us this freedom that that the entire world desperately needs, and uh, and 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 cast out. These evildoers—they will be the grapes of wrath, and we will be this beautiful harvest for all the all the world. Um, thank you so much, Lord. Let's pray. Thank you so much, Lord. We just give you praise and thanks that this is your promise, and that nothing can stop what is coming because this is your plan, and that, and that you have set us in the, in this day for such a time as this, so that we can uh, set help to do our part. Uh, to set this whole world free, and uh, we, we thank you for those who've gone before us, who fought so valiantly and have given their lives. And we just we thank you for them, and uh, ask that you would uh, bless their families in, in uh, their time of of, um, of of grieving, and their their that we would all just uh, give them the honor of remembering their great sacrifice. That's all we can really do is to give is just to give thanks for them and to remember what they did for us, and uh, what a great, great sacrifice. For, for humanity. We pray all this in your great name, King Jesus. Amen. I love you guys. I love you so much. And don't forget, don't forget to support our wonderful Patriot for Memorial Day. He has some wonderful specials. He is working so hard to get these elections uh, sorted out. So don't forget to use the promo code Melly and you can get slippers, you can get all kinds of sandals, all kinds of great things. And I will talk to you later.